This is The Antidote with Dave Hawkins, where Christian music doesn't suck. something your mother would yell at you don't spit in the sink but this time it's cardboard kids with their song i'm dave hawkins and this is the antidote and don't worry i won't do that voice ever again i've been feeling the need for some good straight up rock and roll and we have all kinds of that coming up from tonight's guest cardboard kids you'll learn more about the band and their upcoming ep high as we speak with two of the band members But first, let's hear What's the Catch. 
of the year, serpent tongue like what am I hearing? Call on my telephone, cause you can handle it alone. Here I come running in, three, two, words to catch. You gotta tell me what's in it for me, ah, oh, what's the catch? Cause ain't nothing in life for free, oh, I was drifting away until you crashed right Cardboard Kids is a relatively new band out of Nashville. Jake Germany and Austin Cunningham are here with The Antidote. Guys, good to have you with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us. Yeah, man. I have to tell you that Cardboard Kids, that name reminds me of playing in a refrigerator box as a kid. (laughs) You got to tell me, that's not your intention with the name. I mean, it might be. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like that interpretation. Like, That's what it is now. Yeah. That's what we're going with from now on. Dude, I used to do that all the time, though. Like, you get, like, a really big box and, like, just make a huge fort, like, out of your living room. That stuff's fun, man. So long as you don't have to live in it full time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I heard that you and your bandmates, you guys all met and grew up in Texas. Yep. Yep, East Texas. Yeah, we um we all played in like other bands together growing up, like in high school and whatnot, and played shows together in separate bands. And uh, our common thread was kind of we were the only kids not in like metal bands. Everybody there was in a metal band, and we didn't really have any interest in that. So we were like the only kids playing in quote unquote indie bands because <laughs> that's what you're called if you're not a metal band. And so yeah. 
Okay, but those early days, how would you have described your music then? Individually? Yeah, what were you guys playing? I mean, Austin was in like... It was like a... It was a pretty like indie rock type band. Yeah. It was very like um, melodic rock. It had these two... It had these sisters that were um, the lead singers of it. And it was very like... It was like whimsical yeah, rock. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was in a band actually with Brandon, our drummer. Um, I used to do solo stuff. And then he actually started a band with some other friends of ours. And they asked me to come and play guitar for them. Um, and it was kind of like a weird, like, shoegaze rock band. Yeah, it's like post-rock uh, kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's funny. Actually, I left that band... <clears throat> And Austin, like, filled in with the band after I left. <laughs> yeah. We all just kind of played music together. I don't know, growing up. Yeah. It, none of it sounded like what we're doing now. Yeah, that's for sure. You're saying that Texas is the metal scene. It's not completely metal, but, like, where we're from, yeah. um, we're from East Texas, and there's not, like, like, the big city close to there is Dallas, and that's not even East Texas. And it was just small towns and... I guess everybody was just in a metal band there is what it seemed like. So it's not like the Mecca of it or anything like that. Like nobody like yeah. super huge no, ever came out of it or anything like that. No disrespect at all to metal music or anything. But I think that at the age that we were all at, it's really easy to play metal music. And a lot of kids that have a guitar or a drum set just start a band so that they can lose their minds for a little bit which there's nothing wrong with. <laughs> yeah that's, that's, like, that's a good thing to do yeah there's something cool about that aspect of just picking up the guitar and going with it and so everyone just started those bands like when we were younger Come on home, you 
you got style, then you gotta go Burn that light till you come on, come on now Oh, nah, 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 oh, nah venues yeah. in our hometown and all of the shows were done in a church like it's such could, a weird thing we had so many churches it was just like if you you could rent out one of them and use like their space and so people would just throw shows there or literally in a warehouse <laughs> it was, there was zero venues there was like one bar and nobody wanted to play it there was a venue growing up in east texas <clears throat> called the sheds oh and man. all it was was literal storage units and it was like three bands would just go in on like having a storage unit for their gear and then like and once a week or once a month they would just open up one of the doors and put all their gear together and play a show inside of a storage shed and people would just show up it was crazy people would show up and steal their gear yeah <laughs> i can just imagine what the echo from the guitars and the drums are going to sound like it was horrible that's what we like look back at. We were the most inspired back then of just yeah. like being young and wanting to do something and you make, not knowing we were the worst. Yeah, <laughs> you make do with what you have. And I mean, you don't even need a PA system. You just get an amp for vocals or something yeah. like that. And it's like, you've got a show. So that was the days in Texas. But then you made the move to Nashville. We did. Yeah. About two years ago now? Almost, yeah. yeah. About two years ago. Is that almost required now for a band? having to move to Nashville? Well, having gone through that whole East Texas situation <laughs> that we just talked about, um, we realized that to go to a next level, we needed to either go L.A., New York, or Nashville. And we're terrified of L.A. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we're like kids from East Texas. We're from like the country. So like we just, yeah. Nashville is just kind of that on steroids. So yeah, it seemed like the natural move for us and not just for like, I mean, Jake and I are both songwriters. And so there's definitely a scene here for that, that we wanted to get into. And we had visited here. I mean, we were coming down here and, you know, playing shows. We just liked the vibe here. We had a ton of friends that were here. So it just seemed like the natural move to make. Yeah. 
talked about what you came from, basically out of a metal world in Texas. But Cardboard Kids, you guys draw on a lot of musical styles. And yeah, I'm really yeah. curious as to how that came about. Um, I think all three of us just like a lot of different stuff. Yeah. I mean, we all like a lot of the same stuff too, but, um, I don't think there's anything that like any of us like that one of the other is just like, Oh, that's awful. But I mean, yeah, we definitely draw influences from a lot of different genres. Um, I think playing in a lot of different bands with different sounds, it's just kind of been whittling down to like, okay, what is it that we really want to play? Yeah. I mean, I think that we, we all three had like, kind of different upbringings. Um, Brandon grew up like only listening to country music. I feel sad about that. <laughs> <laughs> he's no, he's got, he's got some, uh, he's got a uh, great taste in country music. Yeah. But, and then like Austin grew up, he had an older brother, whereas like I'm the oldest sibling in my family. And so he grew up with like an older brother that listened to like cool, like alt rock music and stuff. He listened to a lot of like really cool hip hop too, though. He got me into like most deaf and De La Soul. And, and then he also loved like REM and third eye blind. And so, and I just have like relatively young parents for when I was growing up and, um, they just listened to like, what was cool for young people to listen to Well, I was a child. So I grew up listening to like, I don't know, like TLC and like boys to men. And, uh, my dad randomly was super into kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, I grew up on that and like just the world of like the nineties was my like upbringing. I don't know. It was wondering with your styles, you know, rock, R and B blues, Southern rock. I mean, were you guys trying to complicate your lives as musicians? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think, and I don't think we like ever were like set out to be like, okay, these are like the genres that we want to dip into. It was always just kind of like, everything has felt correct that we've done. Yeah. Like it, it just happened. We never intended to have like any of those influences. We just kind of wrote the songs and we're like, this is what feels correct. People ask us all the time, like, if they're asking about the band, they're like, what's the, the genre? And we never know what to say. We just usually say, like, rock, because that feels like a, a very general idea. There's a broad spectrum there, but it's scary because now it feels like you say rock and people are like, Nickelback. <laughs> it's like, you have to- <laughs> no, we're not even going to bring up Nickelback. <laughs> oh, they're Canadian, aren't they? <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> Oh, no, but it's like sad. you have to go into like all these different like subgenres where you're like, oh, we're post rock, shoegaze, noise core. <laughs> uh, I don't know. So we never went into it with the intention of picking a genre or several genres. It was always just kind of what we wanted to hear and what felt correct. Cardboard Kids' first EP, Demons on the Ropes, included this song, Damaged. Listen in.
Maybe I should offend you guys and say that your music reminds me of taking a pop song and beefing it up about 10 times. Pretty much what it is. Yeah, I'm fine with that. We joked whenever, whenever we put out our last record that somebody said that uh, it sounded like we were just like a really like bad A boy band that wore <laughs> black and leather. <laughs> but I just thought that was really weird. Austin and I do predominantly like all the writing and we love pop music. Yeah. Uh, there's good pop music, there's bad pop music. I think there's good and bad of everything. I, I think a lot of it is we don't shy away from a good hook. Yeah. I think people sometimes view that negatively that it's like, oh, it's catchy, but like that's we always wanted to write something that was catchy, so that's kind of been a big portion of our writing is that we want to write catchy hooks. Yeah, they're incredibly catchy and it's constant. Yeah, we we don't really talk too much about like our our writing process, but I think that like kind of a key for us is that we we tend to think that something is catchy for a chorus and then we move it to like the pre-chorus or the verse and then we just write something catchier for the chorus. Yeah, we're really bad about writing double choruses too. Yeah, we write a lot of double choruses cuz we just want hooks. Yeah. We're trying to open a fishing shop. Yeah. Got tackle box. <laughs> Well, that's the music end of it. What about the lyrical content? What do you draw on for that? Uh, I mean, we draw on a lot of stuff. Um, it's always been kind of a thing, too, that we don't really like talking about like what songs are about in specifics, just because we feel like we want to leave it up to the listener to draw their own you know, stories for it or what, how they want to apply it to their own lives. But, I mean... They're pretty personal. I mean, I think that... yeah. Echo Boomer, for the most part, is about leaving Texas. A lot of people wouldn't think that listening to it because it's pretty clouded in imagery and weird slang and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah, well, Echo Boomer, that's your first full length. Mm -hmm. And here, we're going to get back into names again. You've got to tell the story behind the album title. So Echo Boomer is um, like our parents are like the baby boomer generation and the generation that came after that are titled the Echo Boomers. There's something cool about the name. Uh, just it sounded powerful and it felt like it spoke to what we were writing about on the record. We're talking about a lot about our hometown and about us and our friends and in a way our whole generation. And it just felt fitting. I think that this generation is passionate about something like when Coney 2012 pops up, everyone's on it. Whenever like it's time to dump ice on your head and post it on the internet, everyone's on it. Like everyone wants to be passionate, but they don't know where to direct it to. And so to me, Echo Boomer is kind of like this crazy, like capsuled up amount of energy that 
doesn't know where to go. To me, the record is just dealing with the crap that goes on in like our heads and trying to figure out where to put that energy. Yeah, it's a lot of social anxiety in there. Yeah. Boomer, it's not all rock. You brought in a lighter song with Broke a Promise. Yeah. Yeah. We had the lyric kind of written out for that, that Jake and I had been kind of bouncing back and forth, and we were trying to come up with like a guitar part that fit it, and we kept coming back to this really droney kind of uh, the part that we ended up using, and there was something about it that just spoke to the song that it was very repetitive and it much like what we were talking about in the song. And it also kind of drew influences, I think, on like shoegaze, even though it's not really like heavy and like delay and distortion or anything like that. It's very much droney and it Yeah, if you listen, it's just a repetitive 
you know, there's guitar like part the entire song. Almost. One part in the in the verse where it does a little walk down, and that's it. But yeah, that's actually one of our favorite songs. Hey, this is Austin, and this is Jake from Cardboard Kids, and you're listening to the Antidote. 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 And you're taking we, the antidote. Luckily, we don't sound like we're from Texas. Also pulled in some guests on Echo Boomer. What were they adding to the sound? Um, the thing that was cool about Echo Boomer is we got to make the exact record that we wanted to make. Um, there were songs where where we got to have like Ruby Amonfu. She's Jack White's was Jack White's singer uh, for all of Blunderbuss. And uh, like when we wrote what like Time and Time Lover. Yeah. When we wrote that song, Austin and I were both like, man, it would be so cool if like that girl that sang with Jack White sang on this song. Like that would be so crazy. And we were just like kids living in East Texas, had no idea that that could even be a tangible thing. And um, Joe Costa, who engineered Echo Boomer, he, we went to lunch one day while we were recording and he was like, hey, so you said you wanted a female vocal on this song. Like, what are you imagining? And I literally at lunch was just like, I want someone who sounds like that girl that sang with Jack White. And he was like, oh, Ruby, I'll text her. And she met us at the studio. <laughs> That's wild. And then like we had the girls from Poema, um, another band here in town that 
I've known them since, I don't know, for like six years or something. Poema, that's radically different from what you guys put out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but they're just like, they just put out a great EP. Um, I wrote on some of it and we've just been like really good friends. I don't know. They're they're good people. And your struggles too. Find a bombshell with the baby blues. Sweet Southern Belle through and through. Oh, it comes trouble now, ain't that true? Tell me now, baby, what did I do? She got the rhythm, but I got the blues. Time and time, love you ain't good news. She wants someone like me as long as it's not me. Someone to be the man that I might be. Someone like me as long as it's not me. Cardboard Kids described the process of recording Echo Boomer as stressful, but it really doesn't look like you guys are making things any easier, because October 23rd, you're going to drop your third release in three years with the EP High. What's the rush? I didn't even realize that until you just said that, actually. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all the stress is is just, like, anxiety. Yeah. Um but it's a good stress. We we thrive on that stress. Yeah. And um, I don't think, especially with our style of music where it's very loud and chaotic, it's, I don't think that kind of creativity could thrive in a like stress-free environment. If we we're just like super relaxed going into the studio and we're like sipping coffee, we'll do a track or something like that. It's like, no, we're going to get you get something that kind of sucks. Like, yeah, <laughs> we like we we need stress and we need tension. There's got to be a, some sort of friction with us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of our best shows we've ever had. Something awful happens right before, and we just get pissed off and go on stage. <laughs> and like that's like when you just like leave it all out there. And those are like the best shows ever. And yeah, I think we need that kind of tension to create the kind of music that we do. And I don't I don't know that we're in a hurry. 
I think we just like putting out music. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the first EP that came out was an accident. Like, we just wrote those songs and made demos of them to show a friend of ours. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, who was kind of helping us, a friend from L.A., and he was like, this is way better than I thought it was going to be. Why don't we just put this out? And we just released it, and just that kind of happened, and it just people liked it, and we were like, oh, I guess we should do something else. Yeah. <laughs> and so we had already been writing, and Austin and I just kind of spit out songs. And we, uh, after we were done with Echo Boomer, actually, we like we took a good like six months where we decided we weren't going to write any more Cardboard Kid songs because yeah. we were scared that if we wrote new material we would instantly hate echo boomer and want to play those songs we're like we got to give this album a chance right now so we just wrote other stuff for other people but i mean now it's really we're back on the grind i mean we're working on a full length to come out after this ep right now so what high is is um kind of just like a, a prelude to what this next full length will be yeah um we haven't decided yet totally if those songs will be on the full length. Um, we've got a lot of songs that we've just been like hashing out and demoing and whatnot. And those are kind of the songs that just stuck out to us. I mean, it's not Echo Boomer by any means. Yeah. It's a completely different record. And this EP is completely different. At the same time, we haven't strayed a lot from the sound. We know it works for us. Yeah. And we also know that... We're kids that love rock and roll music. We love pop music. And we're just trying to make what we like. Yeah. And we like these songs that we're about to release. <laughs> and I think all four of them are pretty different in their own respect. Yeah, they're all they're... extremely different, the four.
Vibe, the sweet single from the Cardboard Kids, new EP. Let's hear some more about High. You mentioned Vibe. That's a killer single. Thank you. Thanks, man. So what drove that song? Being pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it started with a, with like a the guitar riff I had just kind of bouncing around. And then I thought of the Shake To My Vibe part. I was like, oh, that would be cool right here. And then honestly, Jake and I got together and just wrote a song around that idea, like that little seed of an idea. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's a, honestly, that's one of my favorite songs we've ever written. Okay, pick one other song from High and describe it to us and what it means to you. Um, I was going to say, I need yeah, just because the background, I think, of yeah, that is pretty cool. that is cool, actually. Um, we've got a song on there called Need that actually is kind of a b-side from echo boomer yeah it totally is it uh it was a song that came about kind of late in the writing process we wrote it back in texas um and it was one of our favorite songs for the record when we were writing it and we got in for pre-production we started working on it and we never played it as a full band until pre-production it was just a song that austin and i had kind of like made on a computer together yeah and it just wasn't working in the studio. We, uh, it just wasn't clicking and it rubbed with the rest of the record. And so it was a hard decision to make, but finally we were like, we got to like scrap this song or something. And so then way later I was playing around with this like delayed guitar part. And I was like, man, this is cool. Like I want to write something to it and like nothing fit with it. And I kept coming back to the lyrics to this one song and so I brought it to Jake, and I was like, I think this could actually work for Need. This might be, like, what we were missing. And so we started playing around with it, and that's how this track came about. So it's funny that this song got, like, a second chance, new life to it, and now it's... Sounds completely different. Yeah, it sounds it way different. But it's the exact same lyrics, almost the exact same melody. Yeah, and way better than the original version, which we loved already, so... Isn't it funny how that can happen sometimes? Yeah, I think sometimes you have to come at it with a fresh perspective. With that song, we had spent so much time on it, I think because we loved it so much that we kind of backed ourselves into a corner creatively where then we didn't know what to do because we couldn't come at it with fresh ears or anything. And so we just needed some time away from it to kind of reevaluate everything.
feel a thing, I don't feel a thing When I'm walking around heard a band that loves hooks as much as Cardboard Kids. That was Need from their new EP High, which releases everywhere this Friday, October 23rd. Next week, Halloween is coming, and I'm going to put you in the mood on our next episode. Frontman of the horror punk band Grave Robber Wretched comes to the antidote, and we're going to talk about how Christianity and horror punk can mesh. Well, Wretched has a really awesome voice, And the music is equally awesome. You're going to really love this. I guess really the top of the hour is coming up and I need to clear out of the studio. Let's finish our talk with Cardboard Kids with the song Lush and we'll see you next week. Where is Cardboard Kids going to make High available? We're working through some uh, like label things right now for the full length and just picking the right home at the moment. Um, yeah, can't like say too much about it, I guess. But, um, so this EP though, will be just all completely digital and only at shows. We're actually uh, signing to, uh, the Playtone galaxy. Playtone, Playtone records. You've got to do that. I mean, yeah. How many bands bring up that movie, that thing you do? Oh, man, it's a great movie. It's an awesome movie. I was talking about it with some people last night, and I instantly went home and started watching it. That's like one of my favorite movies ever. It was one of those sleeper hit movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brandon, our drummer, no joke, plays drums because of that movie. Like, he thought that, like, the dude Shades was so cool. Guy Patterson. Guy Patterson. That's when he plays drums, not a joke. That was one of my favorite movies growing up. I wore out my VHS copy of it. And was that your dream, that you were just going to be going from playing in the sheds to... (laughs) (laughs) No, because, man, they were a one-hit wonder. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, listen, Jake, Austin, great to speak with you guys. And Cardboard Kids, best of luck with, I guess, the upcoming album and the new EP, Hi. Yeah, thank you, man. Thanks Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's been great. Every time I 
It's more than-